and picks up the torch from the passenger seat. As he does so, he leans on his tie, the knot suddenly bunching around his Adam's apple and bringing a chill wave of nausea up from his gut. Should have steered in the pub, he says, though he's said it several times already. He feels a smoker's tickle in his lungs and gives in to a fit of coughing, punctuating the outburst with curses, takes a deep breath, tries to cleanse his nasal passages by sticking a finger into each nostril and inhaling, fills with the smell of woodbines and salted peanuts. Me own fault for enjoying myself. It took the pair of them only a couple of minutes to drive here from the alehouse, but it had been long enough for him to absorb a whole cloud of heavy agricultural smells, and for most of Davy's sheepdog to attach itself to his navy blue trousers. Despite that, it took an effort of will to get out of the vehicle. It had seemed warm and harmless in there, had felt like a pocket of metal certainty in this vast, flat sea of crops and earth. He looks at the open gate, at the darkness beyond. PC glass scratches at his short hair. He rubs his fingers at his temples, dislodging his cap with the big, blunt end of the black torch. The hat slides halfway down his face, and he has to make a grab for it before it falls into the thick mud. Makes a mental note to take his shoes off before he drags it through the house when he gets home. He fastens his tie, buttons his collar, pulls a packet of chewy toffees from the deep pocket, of his long blue coat, switches on the torch and sweeps it downward to illuminate the patch of mud that is sucking at his shiny black shoes. He points the torch back toward the car, notes that the silly bastard has squashed a little patch of flowering snowdrops under the black tyre, makes a note to tell Davy off when he gets back, then decides he probably won't bother. The lad's done him a good turn. He would have hated to have cycled down here. Not at this hour. Not in these conditions. Not to this place, beneath a sky heavy with darkness and snow. Move it, lad, he tells himself. Get the job done. P.C. Glass is thirty-one years old and a decent enough copper, He's done an adequate job looking after this patch of rural East Yorkshire. The locals tolerate him. He knows the villains. He's taken only a couple of punches since he left his native northeast, and they were thrown while in drink. He's a person first and a policeman second. He accepts people for what they are. Their vices tend to mirror his own. He likes a few pints after work, likes a grope of a pretty girl and knows that if he gets a slap, he's gone too far. Likes avoiding the taxman now and then on the odd box of imported cigarettes and brandy. He does what he's paid to do. He stops trouble. He keeps the peace. He enforces the law, if it's helpful. And he sometimes leaves a pint of bitter on the bar so he can go and attend a report of gunplay at a half-abandoned church in the middle of bloody nowhere. Bloody spooky, lad. Watch your ass. 
glasses muttering to himself as he approaches the gate of the small grey brick church that has stood on this patch of ground for more than six hundred years. In this light it gives off little air of majesty. It's a squat, angular building surrounded by a low wall made of stacked stones. At its front is a long stained glass window which looks oddly liquid against the stone. To the rear is a copse of woodland, all charcoal branches and spindly limbs. Christ! Glass bunches his fists and shakes his head as the gate to the churchyard creaks. Above him, something large and feathered rustles the uppermost branches of a tall tree, then beats at the air with a sound like skin on skin. Hello, he says, more to himself than to anybody else. Police?